who is um, a friend of New Day, has visited you know at least once a year for the last years. Um, he is a pastor in Bulgaria, and he travels all around to American churches encouraging and bringing a word of revelation out of the Bible. He's an amazing theologian. I would like to welcome Pastor Mitko. Give him a hand, everyone. And uh, after, after uh, he's done speaking, we're going to be taking an offering. And if in your heart today, you know, if you ask the Lord if, you know, you would like to give anything or donate to his ministry, we'll be collecting an offering right after he's done speaking. So you can be thinking about that. We want to bless him as he goes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Wow. Good morning. It's good to see you again. Wow. What a privilege. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for embracing us, helping, loving us, and helping the nations. We really appreciate your love and care. And we are so glad and privileged to be with you this morning. Uh, If you see the tax on my car, you will really realize that we love you because on the the tax, it it is written the sunshine state. (laughs) So, you see, we are here. (laughs) We are here for you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We travel all around, but uh, uh, sometimes people staring at my car and say, what are you doing here? And uh, Well, we're in vacation. Uh, We're on vacation in Detroit and we feel awesome. Praise God. Well, I just want to encourage you this morning and, and bless you guys. And uh, when we came to the United States this time, God gave me uh, kind of a spiritual understanding and uh, a vision uh, about our ministry and about our service being here. And uh, he reminded me the story of Moses. Uh, Moses was the, one of the greatest prophets, great man, leader of Israel. In the Old Testament, he led Israel to the Promised Land. And on the way to the Promised Land, Israel uh, encountered uh, a strike with an enemies, and they had to uh, fight with them. So Moses went on the mountain top to pray for them. And uh, it's uh, very interesting because in that day, the whole battle uh, depended on, on his attitude, on his uh, prayer. And it uh, doesn't matter how powerful the army was and how well they fought. You know, the Bible uh, says that when Moses was lifting his scepter high above his head, uh, uh, the Israel, Israelites will, would overcome over the enemies. And have you ever tried to put curtains? You know, you know how long you can... Uh, put your hands up, you know, it, it's terrible, you know, for me, uh, I was a sportsman, you know, and uh, used to lift weights and things like that, but uh, when my mom would ask me to put the curtains, you know, I would go like, <laughs> I said, what's wrong with you, look at your muscles, you can't put your hands <laughs> oh, but you see, Moses was a mighty man, and he died like 120 years old and his power and his freshness and vigor was still in him. But you see on the mountain top somehow in the process of, process of time his hands dropped down. So 
immediately the enemies took advantage of this spiritual connection, you know, with him and, and overcome over the Israelites. So when he saw from the top of the mountain what was going uh, on down, he, he lifted up the scepter again and Israelites overcome. And again and again things like that happened. So two people with him and standing beside him, Aaron and Or. Realize that somehow if they want to win the battle, they have to keep his hands up. So they realize uh, they have to do something and put him to sit, put Moses to sit on a stone. And they kept his hands all the day long, you know, up by helping him and supporting him. Because he was lower than them. And they standing like that were able to keep his hands and support him without being tired and exhausted. So the Bible <clears throat> says, in that manner, in that way, the Israelites overcome over their enemies in that day. And when I came to the United States, I realized you, you, your nation is a great nation. You know, compared to what we have in Bulgaria, compare, uh, you, you have great ministers here, you know, compared to me. But, you know, insignificant people like us can help, can bring something, a mighty support, which can lift up your hands up and support you, so you can overcome the battle. And I'm glad I'm here, you know, just to support you, to encourage you, and to lift up your hands with the scepter of righteousness, because God said, this scepter is the scepter of righteousness, and if the United States bring down the scepter of righteousness, a flood of wickedness will, will flood the whole world. Your nation is the most Christianized nation in the world. I know... I know you have some different opinions looking what's going on, but please believe me, when you enter into a different room which, which you don't leave, I mean people who live in this room, they, they get used to the smell, and they, 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 they cannot uh, discern the, the smell which is in their house. But when uh, people from the outside enter in the house, they, they suddenly can sense the, the odor of the house. And we still... We're still coming from the outside. We can still recognize the odor of Jesus, the sweet aroma of His salvation being in your nation. <laughs> Praise God. So I'm glad we're here. I want to share the gospel with you. Let's turn to the gospel of Luke chapter 17. Um, Luke 17 verse 11. This is a story of uh, Jesus cleansing ten lepers. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. Ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. <laughs> when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were I want to stop here and just uh, let you know how challenging it was for them to obey. Because we know the end of the story. We usually skip this moment, you know, of, of challenge they had to experience. It wasn't just about the cleansing. Let me tell you something. The only way a leper is supposed to present himself to the priest is, is 
if he is cleansed. You are not supposed to present yourself while you are still stricken by leprosy. That's the requirement in the Old Testament. When a leper sees in his body that healing process is taking place and that he is cleansed, then he has to go to the priest and the priest will examine him and then the priest will realize or just, just see that the, the man is cleansed and then he will pronounce him recovered and, and, and cleansed. Now, Jesus could heal these people right at the spot and then, like what the, the law requires to send him to the priest. But instead of this, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. It means... It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what is your situation. I'm telling you, go and show yourself and pretend that you are cleansed. <laughs> Imagine you or me were there and we would go like, but how in the world I can present myself to the priest being in this terrible condition? I'm not supposed to go there. And you see the challenge, but somehow they realized they better obey. They didn't have any other chance. And the Bible says that on the way, on the way, on the way to the priest, they were all cleansed. And then I realized that Jesus, or God the Father through Jesus and through the, the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, helping us and blessing us, is not always giving us things and change right at the spot of our asking, our prayers, right at the same moment. Sometimes we have to walk out a distance of faith. And walking out this distance of faith somehow on the way, in the process of trusting, keep on trusting, keep on believing, keep on obeying, somehow what Jesus has commanded will take place and will bring freedom and will bring the change. Keep on walking. Keep on walking with faith, trusting God, because somehow in the process of, of going, you know, looks weird, ridiculous. I'm not supposed to go. Imagine some, some Israelite or, or Jew meets them and, hey guys, how, you, how, how is it going? Where are you going? Well, we're going to show us to the priest. Why? Well, you know, <laughs> look at you. And you know, there is a challenge. You're going to the wrong direction according to the world. According to the, the people around you who, who don't have the eyes of faith, you know. They see you walking in a direction which doesn't fit your situation, doesn't fit the, what you, you experience in the moment. But still there is someone who is directing you, who is leading you, and who has commanded you. So, even in the... The Bible says, even uh, in the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid. Like someone has said, keep on walking. That's not your final destination. Keep on walking. God is your shepherd. Green pastures are coming. Praise God. Oh. And now the story gets very interesting because the Bible says one of them, one of them was a Samaritan. Now, let, let's consider the, the, the thoughts of the Samaritan. He didn't belong to the covenants, to the nation of Israel, and to the religious system. Do you understand this? He didn't have 
any work to do with the priests. You are, if you are Samaritan, you are not supposed even to have connection or union or relationship with the regular Jews, how less with, with the priests. And still, because he didn't have any other chance, even knowing that he wouldn't be able to enter in the courts of the temple and present himself to the priest, he, he didn't have any other chance, so he decided to, to, to go a certain distance with them. And he was thinking, well, I don't have any other chance or options, so I would go with them, even I don't belong to, to that religious system, and we, we would see. But the Bible says, on the way, all of them were cleansed. Now, the question is, why, why only one of them? Why only one of them returned to Jesus? Because the other ones had to present, being, being Jews, being Israelites, they had to present themselves to the high priest, otherwise they were not allowed to, to go back to the society. They had to have the, the, the approval of the high priest. So, for them, being cleansed wasn't enough. You know, they had to go present themselves and approved by the high priest, and then they will be restored to the society. But one of them was a Samaritan. And when he was cleansed, he realized that he, he doesn't have any, any work to do with the priest. He's already cleansed. He doesn't need any improvement from that system. He is a Samaritan. So he decided instead of going to the high priest, to come to the true high priest, the heavenly one, to present himself with praise and worship and, and thanksgiving. Realize that this guy made him free. From the religious system of Israel, he was already cleansed. He was rejoicing and he was filled with joy and excitement that still on the way he was healed without even approaching that, that system. What excitement, what a joy he, he had. So he went back to Jesus and fell on his knee, uh, excuse me, on, on his knee uh, at the feet of Jesus and started worshiping. And, and Jesus said, where are the other nines? You know, they, they, they're supposed to be here too. Let me read the, the, the verse. Where did, uh, were they not ten cleansed, but the nine were they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up, my son, and go. Your faith has made you well, this is the new American standard. I love the King James here. Because the King James says, Rise up and go. Your faith has made you whole. And I was reading the King James. And then I was said, Wait a minute. Whole doesn't mean well. Whole doesn't mean, uh, doesn't mean healed. Like the, the new international or things like that. Let me check that word. So I went to the Greek language and, and I saw that the word used by Jesus here, the Greek word, is sozo. And sozo means salvation. And sozo is more than healed, is more than wealth. Sozo actually means completeness in soul, body and spirit. And sozo is used for salvation, representing many times the salvation a Christian would experience. 
Your faith has made you whole, sozo, complete, perfect. And then I was, wait a minute, the guy wasn't just healed. The guy wasn't just cleansed. The guy was saved. The guy was made whole. And I, I, then I realized that the other nine didn't have the same privilege. The other nine were cleansed and healed. Amen. But they were not made so whole and saved. They, they were still in the same spiritual condition, even cleansed. Then I realized there is no power in, the, in any religious system or ceremony or liturgy or whatever in the world without Jesus. You, you are not able to have completeness and wholeness. There is no wholeness without Jesus. Only Jesus can make you whole and can give you salvation and, and completeness in everything you are like a person. The other nines were cleansed and healed, but they returned like the same persons. But this foreigner got salvation in that day, in the feet of Jesus, because the power unto salvation found in the gospel, in the face of Jesus, and His work, and His sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. So, my point this morning for you is to trust the Lord. To believe Him. And just to lean on Him. Not just for any particular blessing, but for sozo, for wholeness. Salvation means everything. If you see the Greek words used here, sozo, means salvation from everything. Could be financial problems, could be physical, could be spiritual, broken uh, relationship, you know, broken heart, discouragement, you know, uh, physical problems, and whatever, you know. But Jesus can give you wholeness and completeness. And sometimes He can heal us right on the spot, but sometimes He's just sending us. Sending us with the, with the right direction. And we have to, to walk out this distance. Do you remember the blind man who was anointed with, with mud and clay? And, and just think about the challenge he had to face. This guy ne- had never... He was born. He was born blind. And, and Jesus found him, made clay, anointed his eyes and sent him to a pool. What an insult to send a blind man with mud on his face asking people all the way, where is this place? And the people had to stare at his face and seeing the mud. And, 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 and he, he had to, to make it to the pool. But you know, for him it was great because he had a purpose. Nobody cared for him. Nobody asked him ever. People were treating him always like disabled. Worthy for nothing, good for nothing. But Jesus found him and gave him direction, gave him a purpose, sent him like he is able, that he can make it. Yeah. Even with mud on his eyes. And I was thinking, man, I rather have the uh, 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 anointed with mud, you know, uh, on my face from Jesus than wearing a crown placed on my head from this world. Jesus, even with clay and mud, can give you more purpose and more results than 
everything, the most precious things the world can give you. Ha <laughs> ha. And, and, and he made it. He made it to the well. He made it that day. He found the well. Had to ask. He has never been there. Had to ask people. And finally he got there. He washed himself. The first thing he saw. The first thing he saw was light reflecting on the face of the waters. Shining in his eyes, you know. And he saw himself for the first time reflecting his image in the water. And I, I was thinking, you know, the world doesn't understand, but our spiritual blindness can be removed by Jesus. And the first thing we'll see is the spiritual light. And the first thing we'll see in that light reflecting in our eyes will be our true image for first time. We will see who are we in, on the face of the living waters flowing through the Holy Spirit, you know. Praise God. Completeness and wholeness belongs to you in the face of Jesus. Once Jesus was preaching in a synagogue, synagogue and, and people were, you know, just looking at him, uh, constantly trying to uh, find something wrong with him, to, to uh, blame him, you know, and, and things like that. And he didn't care. He didn't care about himself, about his reputation, about his comfort. Isn't that awesome? He is still in the same business today because he is the high priest beside the right side of the Father, you know, uh, interceding for us, caring for us, loving us. And, and, and he's ready, I mean, always to pay the price. And there was a man in that congregation. The Bible uh, says that his hand was withered, dry, and twisted. And Jesus saw him, and then, instead of, uh, you know, keeping his comfort, because everyone was looking that, is he going to heal that man? He said to the guy, rise up and stand. And the guy stood up in the midst of the congregation. And then Jesus said, and asked him before all the people, stretch out your hand. Now, for me, my personal opinion is, that this hand which was withered uh, was kind of a disabled. And I don't think the guy, the guy stretched out uh, the, the sick hand, the, which was bad, you know. I think he stretched out the good one. And Jesus said, put it down. Not that, the other one. I don't need the good one. I, I need the bad one. Give it to me. Stretch it out. And the guy, whoa, okay. Stretch, stretch it out to Jesus. And the Bible says, and in that moment, right on the spot, immediately, his hand was made whole, complete, and healed. And, and perfect. And I was like, wow, wait a minute. You know, this story, sometimes Jesus, Jesus is provoking and, and asking things from us. And we are always ready to hide the bad hand and to give him the good one. Oh, this is me. This is what I am. Uh, take the good part of my life. Take, take, take things which you... But, you know, Jesus would go like, I don't need them. And put them down. I need the bad things. Give them to me because I want you whole. And we're keeping, 
keeping giving Jesus, presenting only the, the good part of our personalities and hiding the bad things. But you know, what Jesus wants is to, to dare because He knows our hearts. He knows our struggles, our fears and, and everything secret in our life. He knows it. So somehow He wants these things to be stretched out towards Him in need. Cry out unto the Lord and, and present yourself and, and everything which is in you, which is withered, dry and twisted and it's not working properly. Just stretch it out towards Jesus and in the moment, in the moment it stretched out to Him, it will receive something from Him. Martha and Mary, Jesus asked them, open, open, roll, roll, roll of the stone from, from, from the tomb. And they said, oh no, if you're going to raise Him or do something or heal Him, heal Him like that behind the, the stone because the, 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 the smell and, and, and the, uh, everything behind the stone is just terrible. It's not... And he said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Roll away the stone. And I was thinking, man, sometimes we just have things and we want Him to, to take action and, and to reach those areas without opening the stone, without presenting them to the Lord. But He is not afraid. He is not afraid. He's not disgusted of, of things like that. Stretch out your hand. Wanna finish wanna finish with uh, Song of Songs. Let me go. Uh, Song of Songs chapter four. In the beginning of chapter four, uh, the bridegroom who I believe is presenting Jesus. And the bride uh, represents the church. Uh, is describing describing the, the beauty of the bride, and uh, you can see all these uh, uh, beautiful things told about the beauty of the bride. Behold, do a, uh, thou affair, my love. Behold, thou affair. Thou hast dove's eyes within thy locks and about the hair, about the teeth, about the lips, neck, everything described. And then in verse 7 he says, Thou art all fair, my love. There is no spot, there is no blemish in thee. Isn't that awesome? There is no blemish, there is no spot. In you, perfect wholeness. Let me present to you the meaning of the word used here. The Hebrew word means this word usually describes a physical characteristic that is deemed to be just one second the, there is no blemish spotless 
A man with any sort of blemish couldn't be a priest, nor could an animal which had a blemish be sacrificed. Isn't that awesome? Just think about it. The Bible, the New Testament calls us priests and kings. You cannot be a priest if something is wrong with you. Consider this. You are called priests and kings. And according to the Old Testament, no one was uh, qualified to be a priest if something was wrong with him, found in, in his body. And if God is pronouncing us priests and, and, and kings, it means that somehow he worked out our salvation complete and full and this wholeness available in which we are supposed to walk in it. Isn't that awesome? And, and even an animal was, uh, wasn't uh, supposed to be presented for sacrifice if there was any spot. Now I want to read something for you from the New Testament which is found uh, in Jude, the epistle of Jude. This is verse 24. Now to him who is able... He is able, God is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of His glory, blameless, with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. You see, God is capable and well able to present you and to, to, to make you uh, stand in the presence of His glory blameless with great joy. Blameless means innocent, without spot. The same word is used for the spotless Lamb of God. So you have like Two things very important here. One of them is that you cannot be a priest having something wrong with you. And, and you cannot be blameless in His glory if something's wrong found in you. I mean, the sacrifice of Jesus can cover completely and can pay the price of everything. All our faults, sins and, and situations and, and things like that. It's just awesome. It's just unbelievable. Innocent, enjoy. In His presence, blameless, with great joy. Isn't that wholeness worked out from Him for us? The Bible speaks, Peter says, everything which is required for life and godliness, He has paid the price and He has given to you. So I just want to make, make a, a corporate prayer this morning. And I just want to invite you to step in this, uh, with, I mean, spiritual invitation given by God. He is always inviting us and calling upon us. Come closer. Come to me. And, and tonight, it's like a spirit, uh, excuse me, this morning is like a spiritual call for us. Step forward with boldness and present yourself. Uh, sometimes we, we, we have something which is not working properly, withered hand, whatever. Stretch it out this morning. Stretch it out towards Him. Present it to Him and He is able to make it complete and whole. Return to Jesus. There is no religious system. There is nothing in this world which can give you wholeness, sozo, and completeness. Come to Jesus. 
He can pronounce you whole. Dear, dear Father, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the great and mighty promises. Thank you for every encouragement and for every invitation and the mighty love you have poured out on our hearts, Lord. Thank you for the comfort and thank you for the comforter who is working in our lives and on us. Let your hand be upon us mightily, Lord. For our sozo, salvation, wholeness, completeness and perfection for everything. We are already saved and received by you. But you want our lives to function completely, Lord. And that nothing will be wrong with them. And to present, to present us blameless in joy, exuberant joy in the presence of your glory. So we come to you, O oh Lord, and we stretch out everything which is withered, dry, not working properly, whatever can be spiritual or physical condition. We're stretching out and we are ready to walk out our distance of faith, Lord. And we present ourselves, the true high priest, to you, O oh Lord. And we proclaim that we will be found blameless, without spot. And we will be fair, we will be beautiful, and the beauty of the Lord will be released on us in the name of Jesus. I pray for every physical need. I pray for every spiritual situation and struggle found in our hearts, incompleteness or insufficiency. I pray over these precious people this morning, Lord, work out the, 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 the completeness and the perfection of your salvation in their lives and finish it because on the cross you said it is consumed it is finished it is complete and I proclaim the power of your words and the, 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 the completeness of your work of salvation upon them Lord in the name of Jesus and I release the work of the Holy Spirit this morning to this prophetic word Lord to work in us to be living and active and to bring the completeness of our salvation to victory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. We lean on you. We embrace you, Lord. And we love you. Help us, Lord. Help us to stretch out towards you and to be always able to return to you, Lord, the true one who can give us completeness and wholeness. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you so much.